You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Welcome to episode 96 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are talking about my ultimate nemesis in the garden, and that is squash bugs. If you have dealt with squash bugs before, you know how much of a pain in the butt they are. If you've never dealt with squash bugs before, and this is your first season growing squash, and you live in the U.S., especially if you live in the Midwest, Listen up, because this is going to be some information you are going to want to know. Um, I'm actually not sure if they have squash bugs in the UK, in Australia, some of the other countries that listen to this podcast, which, hello out there, and thank you for listening. But you know what? If you do, this would definitely be useful for you, too. So I'm going to get into what squash bugs are what they do, why you don't really want them in your garden, and then some organic methods for keeping them under control. So we're going to be getting into all of that, but first, a word from today's sponsor. First off, thank you so, so much to those of you who have been rating the podcast and have been reaching out via direct message on Instagram and just letting me know that you're enjoying the podcast. And thank you so much for the kind words that my voice is soothing. I told Mr. B about it uh, and he his response was, they have obviously never heard you screaming at squirrels in the backyard in the garden. <laughs> and he's definitely right. Uh, my voice is definitely not soothing when I'm screaming at squirrels. But thank you for the kind words. It's very much appreciated. If you haven't had time or you haven't thought to do it, please do head on out to your favorite podcatcher of choice and uh, leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Just helps folks find the podcast a little bit faster and lets them know it's worth a listen. But let's get into controlling squash bugs because it's May. It's mid-May. And June is right around the corner. And June is when the insect populations, pretty much all insect populations in the garden, really start to increase, especially squash bugs. If you keep an eye on your squash, whether it's winter squash, any variety of winter squash, be it pumpkin, butternut, acorn, spaghetti squash, what have you, they are equal opportunity pest. And then summer squash as well, but to a lesser extent, especially if you have winter squash in the garden, they seem to prefer winter squash over summer squash. But if summer squash is all you have, squash bugs will be on it and you will start to see their population increase and, and you'll notice them for the first time right around the beginning of June, maybe the end of May if things have warmed up fairly quickly in your area. So squash bugs are also known as squash beetles to some, uh, but they are very, very detrimental to your squash plants. The leaves, the stems, even the squash fruit. And the way they work is they have this mouth part that pierces the stem or the fruit 
or the young fruit, uh, really. They can't do it on the mature fruit because the skin is too hard. Or the leaves. They have this piercing mouth part, and it's like a straw, and they poke it in, and they suck all the juices out. And as you can imagine, that's not great for your squash plants. One or two of these guys, you know what? Not a big deal, but they reproduce worse than rabbits, and before you know it, if you don't do anything to control them, you will have a whole army of squash bugs on your plants. I, I actually have a coworker who said that she still has nightmares about squash bugs, <laughs> the number of squash bugs that she found and, and was trying to deal with in her in her garden. She doesn't grow squash anymore. You don't have to go to that level, uh, especially if you kind of familiarize yourself with kind of control. But first, Let's talk about identifying your squash bugs because as a new gardener, it's really important to make sure you correctly identify the bugs in your garden. So during my first season with a big garden, uh, you know, a garden that was big enough that I could grow something like squash because squash takes up a lot of real estate no matter what kind it is. I spied what I thought were male and female spined soldier bugs hanging out on the wooden trellis by my squash plants. And by hanging out, you know, they were there doing the little buggy dance with no pants. It was early June and, and the bug population was starting to increase. Spine soldier bugs are super handy to have around. They are a predator. They eat a lot of other pests that you don't want around, including Colorado potato beetles and Mexican bean beetles. And so I was like, yes, you know, hopefully they'll have lots of babies and protect my plants. When I went out to the garden about a week later, I found a clutch of eggs glued to the bottom of a squash leaf. I continued to look and found another cluster of eggs, and, and this time they were surrounded by tiny blue little mini-me's, bluish-gray mini-me's of the mama and daddy that I had seen before. And I was like, sweet, they reproduced. I'm going to have all these beneficial, you know, bugs. But then I kind of thought more about it. And as I ran inside to get my phone so I could take a picture, I thought, that's a lot of baby bugs. I should make sure that they're actually spined soldier bugs. And man, am I glad that I did because they weren't. They were squash bug babies and they were everywhere. That's a real big tip from me to you if you're a beginning gardener. You need to get up close and personal with your bugs. You need to know what is a good bug and a bad bug. Technically, there's no such thing as a bad bug, right? It's like weeds. A weed is only a plant that is growing in the wrong place. A bug is only a bad bug if you don't want it there, you know. And that's why I really try to use organic methods is because these little bugs, they, they deserve to live to a certain extent in the garden as long as they're not completely destroying my plants. There's a lot of pictures in the sister post for this episode, which you can find the link to in the show notes. And I've got a ton of pictures on what their little clusters of eggs look like on the bottom of a squash leaf, what newly hatched nymphs, squash bug nymphs, which is what their babies are called, look like, what adult squash bugs look like. So lots and lots of pictures so you can familiarize yourself if you have never seen a squash bug before and you're not sure if it's going to be a problem for you. Squash bugs are incredibly common, like I said, especially in the Midwest. There's just, there's nothing you can do to completely get rid of them. They feed on all manner of squash, like I said. I have even found some eggs on a tomato plant before. Like if they get desperate, they won't eat the tomato plant, but they will lay eggs on a, on a tomato plant leaf. 
they emerge in midsummer and they begin to lay eggs along the underside of squash leaves. So really tricky. Only very occasionally have I ever seen squash bug eggs on the top of a leaf. They it's like it's like they know they're not wanted and they hide them under the side of leaves. It's really they don't know that they're not wanted. They probably do that so that, you know, it, they're they're less likely to be discovered by predators, but you know, it's what I tell myself. And like I said, even a few squash bugs can can just destroy your chances of a decent harvest because they don't just attack the leaves, they attack the stems and the fruit too. So what does a squash bug look like? Well, if you don't have time to go out to the sister post for this podcast episode, squash bugs, both male and female, are brownish black with a diamond shape on their back. They have elongated bodies with sort of slender, rounded shoulders, unlike spined soldier bugs with have kind of wide, pointy shoulders, almost like they're they're wearing armed shoulder pads. If you spot any nymphs, the, like I said, the official term for baby squash bugs, it's even easier to tell them apart. Squash bug nymphs have a very similar body shape to adult bugs. They're kind of elongated bodies with slender, rounded shoulders. Usually they're like a grayish blue with black legs. And as they mature, they become more of that grayish brown color of the adults. Sponge soldier bug nymphs, on the other hand, look like little reddish beetles with a big oval on their butts. So their nymphs look very, very different. So hopefully with that description in mind, You won't confuse the two like I did my first time around. So now that you know kind of what they are, why they're not so great for your garden if you're growing squash, and what they look like, how do you deal with them? So lots of people find themselves wondering how to get rid of squash bugs. And honestly, you're never going to get rid of them. Trying to get rid completely of squash bugs is going to make you feel like a terrible gardener who's neglected their duties if you find one because they're they're just impossible. They hide. They're really, really good at hiding among the detritus and the leaves and the mulch and, and the things like that at the base of plants. They're really hard to get rid of. I would say impossible. So the key is control from the very beginning of squash bug season is control because the other thing that's really tough about getting rid of squash bugs is that pesticides don't work very well on them. So even if you're willing to use chemical pesticides, honestly, you might as well save your money. I mean, there may be some real heavy duty stuff out there that will kill squash bugs, but if it's that heavy duty, I can't imagine that it's great to have in your food garden. You're going to have to take a much more direct tactile approach. And by that, I mean removing them by hand. I know it's not fun. They can get big, so it's a little creepy. But the good news is they don't bite. Remember how I talked about how they destroy your squash plants? They have that piercing, sucking mouth part. They can't pierce you. They can't, you know, they can't use that to harm you. They don't bite. They're just kind of big and creepy crawly. So they're totally okay to pick them off by hand. And they're slow moving, honestly, most of the time, and pretty easy to grab as long as you grab with confidence. If you're too light-handed, they employ their favorite escape method, which is letting go of whatever they're crawling on and falling into the garden bed where they're camouflaged among the dirt and the leaves and the mulch, like I said, and they're almost impossible to find unless they move and you can spot them because they're moving. 
Another common trick they'll do is when you go to grab them, they will kind of move sideways, kind of scuttle sideways like a crab along the underside of the leaf or the stem or whatever where you can't seed them. So that's another thing that they do. So you really have to go in and just grab with your fingers with confidence, like I said, just kind of really light but firm. Sorry, I know that that's completely contradictory, but hopefully you know what I mean. Light but firm grasp with your fingers and then just toss them in a cup of water. Or if you're okay with it, set them on a solid surface. Like once you set them down, they weirdly like they'll just kind of sit there and, and you can step on them. If that's too icky for you, if you feel bad, you don't want to do it. Like I said, get a cup of warm soapy water and just throw them in the soapy water and you can let them drown. It's a a little bit more of a prolonged death. Um, No drowning is ever fun for any organism. So I would say if you want them to have a faster death, stomp them. If you can't stomach that, throw them in a cup of water and, and then just don't look until they stop moving. So that's how you deal with the squash bug adults is just pick them off. Now, how do you get them to a place where they're easy to pick off? Squash bugs hate water. They don't like getting wet. So what I do is water my squash plants just before hunting for squash bugs. They'll move around a lot more to get out of the way of the spray. They will crawl for higher ground. If you're growing your squash vertically on a trellis, this is especially beneficial because they really like wood for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because it warms up or something in the sun and insulated and I don't know. I, I would need to do a whole lot more research, but if you're going your squash on a wooden trellis, they will climb right up that wooden trellis when you water your squash plants. If you don't have a wooden trellis, they will climb to the top of the plant to, to get away from the water at the, at the roots at the base of the plant. So that makes them much, much easier to spot, kind of getting them up to higher ground, getting them away to that you know place where they can camouflage, and then you can just yoink pick them off the plant. So that is a really handy tip for for picking them off. When it comes to removing squash bug eggs, the eggs are harder to remove because they're stuck on there pretty good, but you're going to want to do it. In June, you're going to want to start to turn those big giant squash leaves over and look for clutches of eggs. So the eggs, again, if you don't have time to go out to the sister post, they're like a dark brown, a little bit of red in them color, and they're laid in this super neat, almost geometric, really tight, close together pattern in between the veins on the bottom of the leaf. It's really kind of amazing. And it's also amazing how many they can lay at one time. It's a little gross, but you're best off using your fingernails to scrape them off of the bottom of the leaf. Just grit your teeth through it and go wash your hands really well later. You're bound to miss a few, but that's just, that's how it happens. If you end up doing a tiny bit of leaf damage to the squash leaf, you know what? That squash leaf is huge. And if you rip part of it because you got a little overzealous kind of scraping off the eggs, it will survive. That squash leaf is not going to die, even if you destroyed that whole squash leaf, honestly, which is not necessary to remove the eggs. But even if you happen to do it like it snapped off, it's not going to kill your plant. You're fine. Don't worry about it. If you find nymphs, 
you know, they have hatched or it's a clutch of eggs that has newly hatched or a lot of them have started hatching and you see the nymphs kind of clustered around on the underside of the leaf. So you have a few different options. Nymphs are very soft bodied and easily squishable. You honestly, over time, get over the gross factor. Something that helps get over the gross factor is wearing gardening gloves. As time passes, though, you'll find that you're so dead set on these these pests not living, you'll get over the gross factor and you'll just start doing it with your bare hands. And like I said, go go wash your hands really well afterward, which you'll want to do because squished squash bugs, um, a little less so with the nymphs because they're not as mature, but squished squash bugs, say that five times fast, stink. They definitely have a, a stink that is meant to ward off predators and they utilize it, you know, to ward off those predators. And unfortunately, when you squish them, that stink sack gets squished and you can smell it. Smells weirdly like really strong glue mixed with uh, rotting flowers. Uh, that's that's all that can come to mind right now. So uh, it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like rotten egg stink. It's, it's a little more nuanced than that. But the nymphs do give a little bit of that off. They get bigger as the days go by and they stay the same grayish blue color for a while, which makes them easy to see against the bright green and yellow of the stems and squash blossoms and such. So that makes them easy to find. If you can't stomach squishing them, same thing with the adults, just use a fingertip and brush them into a cup of warm soapy water. If you feel bad about this, remember it's it's them or your squash. Like I said though, it's all about control and you're going to have to keep checking for clusters of eggs throughout the season, keep checking for adults throughout the season because more and more and more of them are going to keep showing up as the gardening season kind of progresses. I will say that Letting your squash vines trail along the ground makes hunting for squash bugs much more difficult. Same thing, I tried the three sisters growing method, which if you've never tried that, it's an old Native American method of growing squash, corn, and beans together. It's a very symbiotic system. They all kind of benefit each other. It is really great and they do grow in harmony very well. However, growing your squash in amongst the corn stalks and the bean vines makes it really, really difficult to hunt for squash bugs. So tried it once, never doing it again because it's just too hard. Growing my squash vertically makes squash bug hunting much, much easier. Something that you can do to help you aside from, you know, searching for and and picking off the squash bugs. Like I said earlier, squash bugs love wood, but something that you can do is you can put two pieces of wood out in the garden bed and make a little trap for them. So usually what I'll do is I'll get like a piece of two by four. It doesn't have to be a two by four. It can be, be a piece of plywood, any kind of wood really. They, they don't seem to care. And then I will prop it up with another piece of wood on top of that with some like rocks or some twigs or something like that just to keep the top piece kind of slightly elevated. 
And this creates like a little, little like house for them and it attracts them for whatever reason. So you go out first thing in the morning before they start climbing out onto the vines, before they start mating, before they start laying eggs. Go out first thing in the morning and you'll see that they're all gathered in between these pieces of wood. Just remove the rocks and the twigs and smash the pieces of wood together. It's seriously effective. I don't know why it works. I don't know why they like wood for the bajillionth time. I, I wish I did. I don't really care because that little trick works really, really well. Another organic method that you can use, it's definitely not foolproof, you're still going to have to deal with squash bugs at some point, is waiting to plant your squash until June. So a lot of us, uh, myself included, have a tendency to plant squash, whether it's summer or winter squash, as soon as the soil starts warming up in May. So because squash grows so quickly and so strongly by June they're honestly a pretty decent sized plant and that's when the squash bugs come around that's the first generation of squash bugs in a growing season there's two generations of squash bugs the first one starts sewing up in June the second one those are the adults that have been bred by the ones that showed up in June and they then obviously reproduce and you have a whole second generation of squash bugs in August. So by planting your squash in June, you miss out completely on that first generation of squash bugs because the plants aren't a big enough size for them to be attracted to it. There's, they're just, I don't know if the plant gives off like a smell when it starts getting big enough. They just, they don't care. They completely leave it alone. So you can avoid having to deal with that whole first generation of squash bugs altogether. You will have to deal with the second generation of squash bugs in August because by then your plants will be big enough that they will flock to it. And even if you didn't have a first generation in your garden, they will arrive from, from other places. They will get there eventually uh, in, in August when you do have squash plants. You will find them, but you'll have to deal with them for a lot less time. And it's still plenty of time for your squash, especially your winter squash, to mature. You know, winter squash can mature all the way through October, through the first frost. And honestly, it can be a really great thing because if it's something like pumpkin, hey, then that pumpkin is ripening right around Halloween or right around Thanksgiving when you would want it and you don't have to have it in storage for as long. So in addition to helping you control squash bugs, holding off to plant your squash until later can actually have some storage benefits as well. Some things that don't work against squash bugs. So I have talked about a few different organic pest control methods in this podcast. Neem oil does not work on squash bugs. Neither does tea tree oil. So I talked in my episode about tea tree oil in the garden, about how I tried using it on squash bugs, and all I did was manage to burn the leaves of my squash plant. Tea tree oil does not work. Neem oil does not work. The reason why is because those things work best on soft-bodied insects like aphids that 
you know what, that oil soaks into their their bodies and kind of suffocates them. Squash bugs are a hard-bodied pest, and so it kind of just like lands on their body and it, and it does absolutely nothing. I, I have wondered before if it would work on nymphs because they are much more soft-bodied at that point, but also that point, it's easy to just squish them or brush them into a cup of water. So I haven't bothered wasting the neem oil or the tea tree oil on them to find out. Another thing that does not work on squash bugs is diatomaceous earth. Same reason. Diatomaceous earth works best with soft-bodied insects or insects that have a soft underbelly. Squash bugs, because they are a hard-bodied insect, that diatomaceous earth does not have an impact on them. So, you know, sorry, not going to work. All these reasons are the same reasons why chemical pesticides have a hard time controlling squash bugs as well. And you know what? If you if you use a chemical pesticide on a squash bug and it doesn't kill it, it survives, then it develops a resistance to it. And then basically you are breeding a, a new generation of chemical pesticide resistant squash bugs, garden pests. And you don't want that. You know, that's like antibiotic resistant bacteria, <laughs> except for, you know, in the garden. So really, like I said, the, the best way that you're going to be able to control squash bugs is by hand and just being out there patrolling for the adults, patrolling for the eggs, patrolling for the nymphs. You're going to find mating pairs of squash bugs at some point and you're going to kind of feel bad for breaking up the whoopee, but you're also kind of going to not feel bad because you're going to know after a while how many eggs result from that. It's a little weird, but I promise you, you can do it. Lots and lots of lots of pictures and resources in the sister post for this episode, like I said. Be sure to check that out if you have time. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about why you should join your local CSA. So I said I was going to do this episode at the last, the end of December in 2020, And then I just completely changed my mind and decided that I wanted to do the episode on lessons that I learned in the garden in 2020 instead. So finally, (laughs) you are getting that episode, uh, you know, only five months later about why you should join your local CSA, even if you already have a garden, even if you grow some of your own vegetables. There's actually a lot of really great reasons. I have a local CSA that is done through my the company that I work for. It's a really great program. If you have a hard time finding one, if you work for a large employer, you might see if they have a CSA program. But I'm going to be talking about all the specifics, all the reasons why, all the different ways you can sign up in the next episode. So until then, thank you so very much for listening, and I'll talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.